One of the central themes of St. Luke's Gospel is an emphasis on the upside-down nature of God's kingdom, a lens that feels particularly disorienting for all of us since we're used to living our days amongst the kingdoms and empires of mortals. But Luke is consistent with his frame. He continues to reverse power structures and place the poor and the lowly, the often discarded people, at the very center of things. And in fact, if we were to read on further, what we would find in this gospel is a series of parables about banquets that further this upside-down kingdom theme a little bit more, a grand illustration of the abundance and welcome that this Jesus of Nazareth is all about. But we don't need to read further today because our present passage from Luke leaves more than enough upside-downedness to wrestle with for tonight. If our gospel lesson feels familiar in some ways, and less so in others, there's a good reason why. Luke 6 gives us what's often called the Sermon on the Plain, and it's very similar to another sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, that begins in Matthew 5. Differing from the Sermon on the Mount, though, Luke's version of the Beatitudes is not as soft as Matthew's. It's cuttingly clear. And it's cuttingly clear because Luke wants us to know without question who God is emphasizing. He wants us to know who God is especially concerned about and who he is placing at the very center of his attention and loving care, which again to us might feel disorienting. That said, if we reread those initial blessings that start at verse 20 from a more contemporary translation, I wonder if Luke's upside-down message, which is really Jesus's upside-down message, will strike a little differently. This translator writes, you're blessed when you've lost it all. God's kingdom is there for the finding. You're blessed when you're ravenously hungry, then you're ready for the messianic meal. You're blessed when the tears flow freely Joy comes with the morning. Count yourself blessed every time someone cuts you down or throws you out, every time someone smears or blackens your name to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and that that person is uncomfortable. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and that that person is uncomfortable. Indeed, the truth is too close for comfort a lot of the time, particularly when you're reading scripture. And the truth is too close because the truth knows what we've too often placed at the center of our lives. It knows how easy it is, how very easy it is, to look for meaning in the form of money or clothes or a degree from the right school. It knows all our bad habits the ones that are always ready to make us believe that if we fill our lives with more possessions, more things, or more approval from the right people and institutions, that eventually we'll be satisfied. But of course, we never will. 
To be clear, I'm just as guilty of these bad habits as anyone else. But these bad habits are also why I'm especially grateful to be a follower of Jesus. Because to be a disciple, you don't have to be perfect. You just have to make a new habit of periodically noticing when you've wandered from the center, from the true center of things where Christ abides, and slowly but surely find your way back. In fact, that's why it's such a blessing to be here tonight, to be gathered as the body of Christ. It's such a blessing because through the Eucharist, through bread broken and wine poured out, God never fails to invite our return to that true center, to that place where Christ is always present. Yes, in times when so much competes to be the focus of our lives, God's continual wish is that through gospel and sacrament, we will be transformed. God's continual wish is that we will order our lives around word and table week after week, so that when we leave this place, there will be no question that it is Jesus who should be the axis on which our worlds turn. And if, in fact, Jesus is that axis, then what can only follow is that the poor, the lowly, and the often discarded people will be there too. And there's no doubting that that's what God's word and table asks of all of us. It asks us to change, to be converted, to loving as Jesus loves, and loving who Jesus loves, especially, especially when it comes to the poor. Because it is only, and only through loving as Jesus loves, that this world will ever appear right side up, that this world will ever, ever be made new. Amen.